Welcome to the Create a Dynasty Podcast. Tonight, the dynasty is born, baby. Where chasing championships never ends. This fantasy football podcast is brought to you by CreatorRank.com. Follow us on Twitter at CreatorRank. And find us on Facebook and YouTube. The road to glory begins now. As we discuss draft strategy, trade advice, and player evaluation to help you create a dynasty. Yes, it's a dynasty. Hey everyone, welcome to the very first show of the Create a Dynasty podcast. This podcast is brought to you by CreatorRank.com, our brand new fantasy football website where you, the fan, can create your own set of customized player rankings. We have a great team putting out content every day in the form of articles, videos, podcasts, and more. We also offer a 20-minute one-on-one chat with our site experts, completely free for 2019. For more, follow us on Twitter, at Creator Rank and check us out on Facebook and YouTube. I'm your host, Louie. We're here with Ben and Nate. How are you guys doing today? I'm good, Louie. What's up, dude? Good, man. How are you guys doing today? Good, good, guys. Since this is our first show, go ahead and, and let everyone know who you guys are and what you guys are about. Awesome. What's up, guys? I'm Nate. I played uh, college football and uh, I am in the fantasy industry and have been since 2003. I've been playing Dynasty for about four years now. Uh, It's probably my favorite format. Super interested in Superflex, and I'm looking forward to helping you guys out and building a Dynasty. What about you, Ben? Hey, guys. Hey, guys. My name is Ben Jaslinski. As you can tell, me and Nate are brothers. I, as well, played collegiate football. I started to play Dynasty back in 2006, and I started – doing dynasty football in 2014 um love all the formats super flex and i'm really looking forward to helping you guys win a championship in years to come hey guys and i'm louie and i've been playing fantasy football for since 2011 um and really got into dynasty a few years ago and have been loving it ever since because i like the challenge that dynasty brings to fantasy football yeah i mean dynasty is just it's so much more than that one year of work. You know, your Ray Draft League, it can go wrong after four weeks. You can wash your hands and pay your, pay your fee and be done. But Dynasty, it's all about building every week. There's no offseason. I love it, man. I love it. Yeah, and it really makes you get uh, invested in your team, right? Yeah, you have to be. 100%. It's like real-life Madden. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. And, and for me, when I remember I used to play Madden, and I haven't anymore because, you know, kids just take the TV away. <laughs> um, <laughs> my favorite thing was always building, building my team by trading picks or trading players. That was the fun part to me. I would spend hours doing that over actually playing the game. Oh yeah. I, I could uh, barely yeah. actually gameplay, man. Barely any real gameplay. I'll build them. I'll build them. <laughs> yeah. So let, let's go ahead and get into it. So, so guys, our show, and this is for, for the people, we're going to talk about news today and we actually going to, uh, did a little, we're going to do a mock draft the first round of the rookie picks. And then from there, we'll do second round and move on. So getting into the news, Deion Kane is not expected to regain form until mid season. Oh, man, I know, I know Ben, you're a, you're a big Deion Kane guy. Uh, last year we were going to yeah. start Ben and I, and, and Deion he was, my, he was so, my darling. Yeah. And 
I mean, now you're looking at not, not coming back till midseason, it looks like, after a torn ACL, which uh, you would think in today's day and age a torn ACL would be nine months. And I believe he tore it last uh, or last preseason. So nine months. Yeah, we've gone on uh, yeah, 12, 13 months of rehab. Yeah, that's that's really crazy. And they go out and draft uh, Paris Campbell in the second round. They go out and sign Devin Funches. You know, it's got me nervous a little bit for my Deion Kane shares. So it kind of almost looks like they may be getting ready to move on. I hate to say it, but that might be the might be the move. Yeah, definitely, definitely. We have Texans release Ryan Griffin after vandalism and public intoxication. Uh, not a good look uh, for him or for the Texans organization. So it makes sense that they uh, they cut him uh, pretty swiftly after that. Uh, the good news from that, though, is Cahill Warren, and I hope I'm saying that right, out of uh, San Diego State. is a draft pick for them, and they've been itching to get a quality tight end there for a while. So this might open the door for him early in his uh, Houston Texans career. With Griffin being out, that leaves 7% of the snaps uh, for tight ends open. And all he has to do is beat out Jordan Thomas and Jordan Atkins. Wow. I didn't realize it was that many snaps. Yeah, me either. That, that's going to be something definitely to monitor. Hollywood Brown will not participate in OTAs, but I, I think that was kind of expected, right? Yeah, I think you knew that coming off of LeFranc, right? I mean, that's pretty serious. But, uh, man, the 166-pound wide receiver, he's dealing with a pretty severe injury. I don't know, Ben, what do you think? Uh, I think as of right now, like Louis said, we knew this was going to happen. If he's not practicing during the later end of training camp into preseason, then I'd hit the worry button. But as of right now, it's this is normal. Yeah, exactly. That's that's it's OTAs. I mean, they're important. I'm not gonna say they're not, but it's one of those things that we're gonna see what preseason looks like. Definitely. Robbie Anderson signed his free um restrictor free agent tender. That's a formality at this point, right? Either uh you sign the, the RFA or you, you don't play football. So a formality, but I look, I'm excited to see what him and Sam Donald can do. Uh, the new coaching staff will see all that news that just happened with uh, Adam Gase being the interim GM and firing the GM and all that stuff. We'll see where that goes. But Robbie Anderson, man, two short years ago was the wide receiver 12 in full point PPR. Uh, it's interesting to see if he can get back up to that with uh, Sam Donald in the second year. Yeah, and we can see if uh, Sam Donald will start moving the ball downfield more this year. Yeah, which sure. well, I was gonna say, I think they um they're building the team differently. They have Le'Veon Bell, which is gonna take some because really Robbie Anderson was looked at as what the wide receiver one last year. Yeah, de facto. Yeah, yeah and, and he's not. That's not what he is, right? Nah, he's he's built from that long game. Uh, you know, he's not your crisp route runner. He's not gonna be your move the chains guy. He's your blow the top off uh, Deshaun Jackson type. Exactly. Exactly, but I think yep. he's paired well with Quincy and Nunua if he can stay healthy because Quincy Nunua is a possession guy. You have Le'Veon Bell there who people are going to be focusing on, and I think Robbie Anderson is going to be able to do what he does best and get those big targets. Yeah. Ben, what do you think about Nunua? I mean, I mean, you saw him at the uh, jersey reveal, right? Uh, <laughs> yes, I did. You did you yoked. Yeah. So I think he's good to go. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think he'll be the ex- for the Jets and be the possession guy that Donald's going to rely on. Yeah, and it seemed like Donald, one of his knocks was, uh, 
not necessarily, I guess, arm strength, but the deep ball. And so if that's what Robbie Anderson does, I mean, I, I've been buying Quincy Nunez as much as I can. Underneath. Yeah, me too. Sad. But uh, with startups uh, becoming a hot commodity now time this year, uh, we want to take a look at four different players with ADPs and see how the construction of your roster would go if you were to draft one of each of the four at their ADPs. And for my first one I have is Adam Thalen versus Tyler Boyd. Okay. So Adam Thalen's being drafted as the wide receiver nine and at pick twenty-four. This is per uh Fantasy Pros. Yes, sorry, blanked on that. So the running backs that you could get in the end of the second round going into the third round because this is a 12-man team or 12-man league, you're picking, you know, last pick of the second round where Thalen should be at. And some of the remakes you could get with the ADP after Thalen is Leonard Fournette at uh, pick 30, Damian Williams at pick 31, and Sony Michelle at pick 33. Uh, tight ends that you could get because we all know the tight end landscape is a garbage fire right now after the top three. Uh, you, can get, you can get George Kittle at 25. And uh, so running back for four, uh, Adam Thalen, that could potentially fall to you, would be Dalvin Cook at an ADP of 22 and Nick Chubb at an ADP of 21. So on that turn there, you could – in a best-case scenario, go Dalvin Cook, George Kittle, or Dalvin Cook, Damian Williams, and have your one-two running backs kind of set or your stud running back and then your stud tight end. And you're saying – and then go pick Boyd and uh, – what is that, at pick 61? Yeah, or you can go pick Tyler Boyd, who is being drafted at the wide receiver 24 or ADP of 61. And the running backs – in that area would be round five and beyond right. are David Montgomery at pick 70, 71, Tevin Coleman at 74 and Jordan Howard at 75. Yeah. I mean, that's a tough sell, right? Uh, and yeah. especially in dynasty startups, I'm not about you guys, but in startups like this, I'd like to, I like to get my wide receivers early, but man, Adam Thalen is, uh, I just, I can't buy in on the Adam Thalen hype. I, he's been producing. No, not that's right. Yeah, I mean, last year he fell off hard in the second half. In the first half of the year, he was elite. You know, we're talking wide receiver one in PPR, four-point PPR. And then in the back yeah, half, of the, yeah. I, don't, I don't have the exact rank, but he fell off hard. Um, and so it's that sign of things to come, maybe. I know he's got Stephon Diggs on his team. They committed to the run uh, with Dalvin Cook and the new coaching staff. So I think I kind of lean with you, Ben, where I would, I would take uh, the running back there, hoping I could get like a Dalvin Cook type player. Uh, maybe get George Kittle on the swing there, and then I take Tyler Boyd later. Uh, that's kind of exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I love Adam Thielen, but when you're doing the dynasty, it's just he has age, and yeah. for a wide receiver, I mean, he's not old, but he's getting up there. And then when you compare it, like Tyler Boyd, how old is Tyler Boyd? Uh, don't quote me. I think he's 24. Let me yeah, I was, I was I was thinking 25, but yeah, 24 sounds more like it, but. Getting him later, and especially with this, I feel like there's a lot of good wide receivers late this year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, especially with the when you add in the the rookie class. Yeah, and Tyler Boyd yeah. is 24, uh, but yeah, there's there's a lot of value to be had late. A lot of guys that uh, produced last year, and like you're saying, uh, this 2019 class, and we'll get into that once we do our first round mock. Is pretty flat, is the word I like to use, where 
there's there's a couple guys at the top you really want, but there's a lot of depth and quality pieces you can get later in a startup. Uh, if the rookies are in the startup draft, those guys tend to be pushed down uh, towards the, the teens in the rounds. So, no, no, I agree, and I, I do love the George Kittle pick, you know, especially as being a San Francisco 49er fan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what else you got for us, Ben? All right, so that was my wide receivers. So I got uh, running backs next, and I got Le'Veon Bell versus Marlon Mack. Okay. And right. Le'Veon Bell right now is being drafted as the RB8 or ADP of pick 11. Wow. Okay. For yeah. a dynasty? So, yeah. Yeah. I'm checking that out on Fantasy Pros right now. That's, I feel like that's a little high for me personally. But go ahead with your second one. Oh. You said Marlon Mack. Yeah, and then it's Marlon Mack. And Marlon Mack being picked at RB20 and at an ADP of 38. Wow. Okay. So some of the wideouts that you could have uh, basically in the first round after Lev Bell are guys like Julio, OBJ, and Juju. Oh, okay. With 13, 14, 16, uh, respectively. Man, and then if Michael Thomas or Devonta Adams fall to you, yeah. Uh, you could pick them up as well because they go nine, eight, respectively. Gotcha. Uh, then, yeah. So what wide so receivers? Let's say you get your yeah, you get your top five wide out this year. Yeah. Um, then you can go take Marlon Mack in the uh, third to fourth round, and some of the wide receivers after him are Brandon Cooks at an ADP of forty, Kenny Galladay at forty-one, and Robert Woods at forty-two. So just the uh, yeah. talent of wide receiver depth is massive. And then you take into account what uh, Adam Gase just said about Le'Veon Bell, saying yeah. that he didn't want him. Yeah, that he didn't want to pay him that much money. I don't know if he didn't necessarily want him, but, I mean, you look at last season in Miami with uh, uh, Kenyon Drake. I'm a, I'm a big Kenyon Drake truther. Finishes uh, <laughs> the running back 14 in PPR on – on minimal yeah. touches, and it was a lot. A lot of that was the coaching staff and the scheme and stuff. I felt like uh, Kenyon Drake. I mean, Frank Gore, the Infinity Stone himself. You know, it just kept rolling <laughs> and rolling and rolling. But it's it was hard for me to comprehend it's with such a young team why they weren't trying to get Kenyon Drake the ball more and see what he had and what he was working with. So yeah, man, I'm, I think I'm with you there too. Where I think I'd punt on Le'Veon Bell and I'd try to take one of those wide receivers and then take Marlon Mack because Marlon Mack was probably one of the biggest winners of the offseason, if we're looking at it. Uh, they didn't take a running back in the draft after being rumored to be in on Le'Veon Bell, actually in, fan, yep. in, uh, in free agency. They had a ton of money. They could have gone out and done it, and they didn't. They Instead, they yep. built the team around it. They got more wide receivers. Marlon Mack proved it last year when he was healthy, and that's the key is when he's healthy, he can produce. Um, the offensive line is one of the best in the NFL now. Shout out to Quentin Nelson. And yep. it's – Marlon Mack, good running backs come from good offenses, and that is one of the best offenses in the league. I think I'm, I'm with you, dude. I'll take a top wide receiver there at pick 11, and then I'll go get Marlon Mack. So for me, I, I agree with you guys. Just for me, when I do a startup, I try to get wide receivers early, elite wide receivers, because in, a, in, a, in rookie drafts, it's much easier to get a running back that produces than a wide receiver. Am I right? Right. Yep, you're right. So yeah. with that, with Le'Veon Bell, I mean, for him in a redraft, and this is, I'm, I'm going to say this just so that you, everyone can see the difference in a redraft for me, he's ranked as a top five back. Sure. In yep. a dynasty, I really don't want to touch him just because, I mean, 
the way he uses his legs, he he may be, and I may be wrong, he may be a, a producible running back for a long time because he uses the line. Yeah. Okay. But there's too many questions because he is on a new team. Yep. Is that line the same as that elite offensive line in Pittsburgh? You exactly. Know, they, exactly. So, like, so for me, looking at looking at this, I mean, James Conn, if I was going to go with running back, let's say I go with a running back at my spot, I'm thinking at, at Le'Veon Bell. Why not James Conner? Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but no, for me, looking at this, I'd go Odell Beckham, Juju Smith. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't waste the pick for me. For me, it's a waste of pick on Levy. About I'd go Marlon Mack because I think, even though he's not ranked there, he does on the offense has the ability to be a top five back this year. Oh yeah, for sure. He's yeah. got that upside. And I know some might consider that a hot take, but you go back and look, and uh, good running backs come from great offenses, and he is on a great offense. So yeah, and, and don't get me wrong, me saying that, yeah, I, I see it's a hot take. He could Uh-oh. be. I don't have him ranked there, but I can see it. Oh no! And when I say hot take, I mean like I don't. I'm not a big fan of the hot takes that are so outlandish that, you know, are impossible. I really think Marlon Mack has the potential to be a top five running back. I'll Some take that are, as a compliment. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, brother. <laughs> My only fear for Marlon Mack, though, would be Naheem Hines cutting out points for uh, PPR. Yeah, some of his reception totals. Yes. Yeah, but I can see. Other than that, I think, like, in standard and everything else, all day, every day, no worries. He's your guy. Just yeah. PPR is going to be just – a little bit lower floor receiving wise. Yeah, and that but and that goes back to game script too, right? You know, Naheem Hines is yep. gonna get his and they're gonna have that, but they're 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 a pretty good football team in Indianapolis. So uh I don't know if they're really gonna be dinking and dunking to the running back and game script might favor uh, letting Marlon Mack pound the rock. Yeah, exactly. That yeah, that's exactly, exactly what I'm thinking. All right, so you guys wanna go ahead and get into this mock draft? Yeah, let's do it, man. Yeah, go ahead. All right, I know uh Nate, you uh you did the who's picking who's picking first? I randomized it, and unfortunately, I get to pick third. So, uh, number one pick will be Louis, uh, and the number two pick will be Ben. So, for the format for this, we're going to do just the first round today, and we're not going to draft like we're all on the same team. So, for example, Louis will pick at the 101, and then his team's next pick will be the 201. But Louis is going to pick at 104. So, Louis will pick 101, 104, 107, 110, and we'll just roll like that. That makes sense. Man, you guys are giving me the first pick? Okay. Yeah, sorry. Dude. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. So we're doing this off based off of one quarterback redraft, or uh, yeah, one quarterback rookie, right? Yep. PPR one quarterback. Yep. Okay. So I'm looking at this. It's between two people, um, but like I told you guys earlier, it's easier to find a running back than a wide receiver. So I'm going to go with Josh Jacobs. Nice. Uh, and maybe college wise, he has not had the yards that other running backs have, but he is in a great position. He's sure. in that John Gruden system. He's going to get the touches, and there's really nobody else there with him. Yeah, I, it's a great no, spot. He's got the draft capital, too, being a first-round pick. Um, exactly. They're going to give him time to, to try it, and you know, if he fails, he fails, but he's going to have plenty of opportunity for the next four or five years. Exactly, and then uh, Isaiah Crowell out with the uh, Achilles. Injury, yeah, right? so, I mean – Yeah, he has no one. And even if they sign a running back off free agency, who can they really sign that you say, oh, I'm afraid of that guy taking away touches from Josh right. Jacobs? Yeah, the one guy I will, I will throw out there, though, is Jalen Richard being a pass catcher um, in that offense. Last year he had uh, almost 70 targets. I'm sorry, uh, 70 receptions. And uh, it's a little worrisome, but Jacobs does catch the ball really well. And so, well, I don't think that'll eat 
will take all of Jacobs receiving work away. I think it could eat into it a little bit, but I still think you're talking about a mid running back to floor for Jacobs. Right. And, and yeah, you bring up Jalen Richard and that is someone to be worried about, but how much of that production came from Jalen and Richard when there was really nobody else? Right. Yeah. No, you're right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, just, I mean, it's a minor worry, but just can he handle the NFL workload when he was, you know, in a committee at Alabama? Yeah, that goes both ways, right? Uh, yeah. Because he got tread, he still got some tread on the tire versus, uh, you know, Derrick Henry coming out of Alabama was, you know, ran, ran the ball a lot. So uh, it could be a good thing, could be a bad thing, but uh, definitely I don't think you can go wrong with Jacobs at the 101. No, not at all. That's kind of mad you took him. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with Jacobs gone, and like Louis said, it's down to one or two people. And that's Jacobs, and my pick at the 102, Nikhil Harry. Um, him going to the New England Patriots basically signified that he's the red zone guy. Like with Gronk gone, you know, McKinley might catch like 50 balls for 500 yards, but he's probably going to get like 10 to 12 touchdowns. I could see it, man. They don't have uh, any real red zone threat. Exactly. And then, uh, I mean, he is – Far none, the most talented wide receiver they have on that team, and you've seen what Bill, uh, Bill Belichick, and Tom Brady have done with lesser wideouts. Yeah, yep. So just, uh, I mean, the ceiling is incredibly high for Nikhil Harry, and you know the fact that the fact that they wasted, you know, a first rounder on him, only is going to signify that they're going to use him. Yeah, and that's because you didn't see him make a move. Uh, I mean, they signed Austin Safarian Jenkins this offseason at tight end, but. Bill Belichick and the Patriots don't really strike me as a team that tries to pound a, a square peg into a round hole. Where uh, if they don't, if they don't have that production at the tight end position, that's fine. They'll go find somebody who can do it. It may not necessarily be a tight end, and I think Nikhil Harry fits that bill pretty good. Yeah, and I think with Bill Belichick, it's not a matter of replacing Gronk. I mean, he's going to work with what he has. I mean, they won yeah. Super Bowls without Gronk. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. So, oh, yeah. and with me with Nikhil Harry, I mean, I think. Nikhil Harry is great. This was, I mean, it was a toss-up. And I think that's what it is. It's always with the one pick, it's a toss-up between Nikhil Harry and Josh Jacobs. Yep. I think that's, I think we've and, seen that a lot. Yeah. And with Nikhil Harry, um, what's funny is in, in leagues, I think people are going to be starting him week one thing he's going to produce. I think it's going to take about five games because it's, it's a Belichick system. Right. But he does have the chance to produce this year. I just don't think it's going to be right away. Sure. But he has a chance. Yeah, I could buy into that. And I think that kind of goes into buy Julian Edelman if you can. Uh, he's got probably a year or two left, probably getting pretty cheap because he's old. Uh, but with all that changeover, Gronk being gone, I think Edelman would be a nice little boost while Nikhil Harry's getting his legs under him. No, I agree. Now, well, since, you know, Nate, since me and Ben got the best two picks, who are you going with here at the 103? Yeah, so really hoping one of you guys would make this easy on me. But I – Sitting here looking at the board, and I'm going back and forth. You know, I'm playing the running back or wide receiver game, and I think I got to go with what you said before, Louis. I'll, I'll take a running back here, and I'll take Miles Sanders at the 103. Uh, he was the man coming out of high school, five star, uh, Mr. Football in Pennsylvania, which is a big deal. But he ran into that guy at Saquon Barkley at Penn State. Uh, yeah, just the guy, huh? Yeah, yeah, the, the transcendent 101. <laughs> you know, pretty good player. And, and, so last year, without Saquon Barkley, he ran for over 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns, caught the ball 24 times. Uh, the Eagles actually moved up to draft him, uh, which was kind of odd to me because they, they drafted or they uh, traded Jordan, for Jordan Howard this offseason. 
which kind of shook the boat a little bit, and people were excited about Jordan Howard. But I, I think, you know, Jordan Howard's a free agent after this season. I think you could see a potential running back split this year while Sanders is learning about the NFL, learning from the consummate pro in, in Jordan Howard. And when Jordan Howard hits free agency in 2020, this could be a really nice situation for Miles Sanders behind a really great offensive line. No, I like Miles Sanders being on the Eagles because even though he may be in a little bit of a committee, I think he can take over. And not only that, the Eagles have the offensive line to support him. And they just made it stronger in the draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's and I was talking to Ben about this a little earlier. And uh, that, that whole offense is pretty wide open after next season. Uh, you're talking Jordan Howard potentially gone, Deshaun Jackson potentially gone, Alshon Jeffrey potentially gone, uh, Nelson Aguilar potentially gone. They got to do something about Ertz. So, and his, I'm sorry, when I, when I say that, uh, Wentz's contract's coming up and they've got to pay Ertz or pay Wentz down the road at some point. So there's a lot of opportunity in that offense depending on what they want to do for Miles Sanders. No, I agree. Yeah, and I think just learning from, you know, the veterans that are in that running back room and not being thrusted into week one as a starter and have to produce will help Miles Sanders out in the long run. Yeah. So, Louie, at 104, man, I just took another running back. Are you who you got here? So, since we're doing this, we're not building our team. So, I'm trying to think because I do want to take a running back, but somebody keeps popping off the page. And Who's we that? talked a, we talked a little bit about earlier with the high-powered offense, which is Paris Campbell. Oh, nice, dude. Love Ooh, it. Yeah. I mean, in college, he had 1,063 uh, yards, 11 yards average. Wow. And he was drafted – second round with the 27th pick and he's in a great situation yes he is yeah he doesn't have to compete with ty hilton and you know that luck finds people so for me in in this and that, that's why i think sometimes it's people got to look at with the rookie draft sometimes and realistically he does have the draft stock and it's not always about talent because he was not the highest producing receiver in college but he's in a great spot oh yeah and he, I don't know, uh, I was actually watching it with Ben. The Colts put out their little, uh, like, draft war room behind the curtain thing. And when they put the oh, selection, yeah, yeah. Campbell, yeah, dude, Frank Reich went bonkers. He was so excited to get yeah. Paris Campbell in the building. <laughs> and I mean, realistically, if you, I'm, not fair. I'm sorry, Ben, but if you looked at last year, what were they missing? The Colts? They're, yeah, the Colts. I'm sorry, the Colts. What were they missing? They were missing another wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. wide receiver, too. They had no depth. No, exactly. So, I... I'm comfortable with this pick. So I'm, even though you go in wanting to, for me, my draft strategy, even though I go in wanting a running back, you can't deny what's there when someone takes it. Just like, I mean, Miles Sanders, I didn't think you were going to take him. I would have taken him. So you got to adjust. Ben, with the 105. All right. So you kind of took the guy that I was aiming for, Paris Campbell. Uh, so I added down to two other guys, but just with what you said about, you know, drafting a running back, and rookie classes and all that. Um, like after like these top three, it kind of falls off a little bit as terms of like landing spots. So I'm gonna take David Montgomery. Nice. That's the other guy. That's what wow. I was looking at. Yep. <laughs> so I mean, he went to Chicago, and with the departure of Jordan Howard, there is real no uh, like ground and pound running back. And David Montgomery I mean, isn't that, but he is that. Uh, he'll be in a committee with Tariq Cohen, and he'll be either the 1A or the 1B. Um, and like I said, you know, he's the number three guy in this class. So at the 105, I think that's good value to take him at. 
And just some of his uh, college numbers he had last year, he had 237 carries for 1,200 yards and 13 touchdowns. And he can catch the ball to back with 22 catches and 157 yards. And like you said, with David Montgomery, he's not Howard. He's not Cohen. He's kind of like that yin and yang of both of them. Right. He's exactly. a nice, nice blend. And I was, I was one of those guys that bought Mike Davis in, free, or in the offseason this year. Oh, me too. Yeah, no. I'm a little worried about my Mike Davis shares, but uh, <laughs> so good pick, good pick. All right, Nate, with the 106. All right, I was really hoping you guys would let me get him here at the 106, and I could not be more excited. One of my fastest risers of the offseason, Debo Samuel. Dang it. Uh, I know, I know, just from talking to both of you guys, uh, I knew who yeah. you're a San Francisco fan. Ben's been on Debo since October. I was so excited either one of you guys took him from me. He ended up being the third wide receiver drafted in this class at the, the fourth pick in the second round. Dude ran a 4.48 at the combine and jumped 39 inches uh, and broke out at age 20.6, which is a good number for a wide receiver. Uh, didn't break 1,000 yards receiving in his time at South Carolina, but had 11 touchdowns his senior year uh, receiving, and he was also a return man. He's really a Swiss Army knife that is a running back once he has the ball in his hands. So I'm really excited to see – uh, what type of player he can be for Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. yeah no, I mean, that's... Again, like... Go ahead. No, go ahead, Louis. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, like you said, he didn't really produce well in college. But you also got to yeah. think that another guy named uh, Brian Edwards playing right. for them, who is yeah. a, uh, a Debbie love for players who play that. Yeah, and when I was and, looking at uh, 2020 ranks, Brian Edwards uh, was up high in, in this class because he could have declared for 19. I had him as a first-round grade, so that's a valid point. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing. And another thing was his quarterback there at um, South Carolina wasn't all that great. And then now he gets a major boost to go play with Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I am very excited. What do you think no, as a San Fran fan? Oh, I was excited with this pick because going into it, people were asking me, what do I want them to do? So with the number two pick, they did exactly what I wanted. I wanted Nick Bosa. With the second pick, I said I wanted a wide receiver. And and people were asking me, isn't that going to interfere with Dante Pettis? I said, no. They drafted up to get Pettis. They're going to get someone who's going to compliment. Who I wanted, I will say, was Nikhil Harry. Yeah, fair enough. Because w- it was yeah. there, and I think I saw it in a mock draft somewhere where somebody hadn't projected, and I think that just got me too pumped up. But the number two <laughs> was Debo Samuel. Because yeah. like you said, Nate, I think you said it best. He's a Swiss Army knife. I think both of them will complement each other. And realistically, for the 49ers, were they bad last year? Yes. But who did they have playing? Right. Exactly. <laughs> So as we're getting our quarterback back. We're getting wide receiver depth, which we lacked last year, we could see. And then we're, yeah. we have a platoon of running backs. Uh, yeah. 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 No, it, it, San Francisco's in a good spot. And uh, so Ben and I are Detroit Lions fans, unfortunately. But uh, I'm sorry. It's okay. We get to watch football on Thanksgiving every year. It's cool. But, that's true. That's true. Uh, <laughs> so Ben – Ben was a big-time Pettis guy last year, and so I, he, I, I'm actually in a league with him, and I know uh, he has Pettis, and he moved up to draft Debo Samuel. And he's actually got some pretty good insight on how that offense is going to work with those two. 
Yeah. I mean, I so you're an inside like, 49er fan is what I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause in that same way, I actually uh, drafted McKinnon pretty high in the startup and then, uh, drafted Coleman as well. Uh, and yeah, so I own a lot of the 49ers now. <laughs> but uh, like you said, Louie, with uh, Dante Pettis, like they were going to draft someone to compliment him. And you know, everyone was like, they draft a wide out and like drop all your shares of Dante Pettis. Like, no. no. Like if they draft you know, Keel Harry or Metcalf, like that's fine. Let him play the X. Pettis is going to play the Z. You know, or they drafted the Z as such as, you know, A.J. Brown or a Debo Samuel. You know, move over to X. Like, yep. so, yeah, so, Dante Pettis is always safe. And then now they got Debo to take the underneath routes and all the, you know, like you said, be a Swiss Army knife for an um, offensive genius in Kyle Shanahan. Like, it takes a lot of pressure off Pettis with coverage-wise and gives it more to everyone else on the defense. Yeah, love that pick. I'm really, really sorry. I took him from you too, but uh, Louie, unfortunately, you have to make another selection here in the first round. I want to say. All right. And, you know, actually, you guys said something that um, I want because our goal is to try to get people who, who play redraft or just getting into football into Dynasty because it, it is a different strategy. So for first time listeners, Ben, you said the difference between an X and a Z wide receiver, right? Yes. Can you go ahead and just quickly explain what an X and a Z, what you, what you meant by that? Yeah, yeah. So an X receiver is your prototypical, like, alpha receiver, your number one guy. Uh, he'll always be lined up outside uh, unless formations calls for it, definitely. But, again, like, he is your number one. He is your alpha. Uh, the Z is going to be, like, your beta, the number two. When target shares come into mind, it's going to be, you know, the X is always going to get the most looks and the most plays schemed for him than the Z. But Z is right behind him when it comes to that. And you played a lot of years of football as well. So if you want to piggyback off that. Yeah. And so just like some typical X guys that you can think of, uh, like Julio Jones, AJ Green, uh, Mike Evans, you have those big, typical, long, lanky go get it, dominant alpha wide receivers. And Z is more of your, your prototypical slot move guy. You know, your Golden Tates. Uh, I think your Debo Samuels now. Uh, so guys like that that uh, are able to, to win underneath is, is Z wide receiver. So for most people, is your wide receiver one and wide receiver two? Yep. Yes, sir. Why couldn't you guys just say that? <laughs> <laughs> In my blood, man. Uh, no, no, I get it. I, like I said, it's just for, for people see, uh, hearing this, I, I want to really be able to educate. We really want to be able to educate. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And so for my number one seven, and see, and see how you guys, how I did that though, guys, is I let you guys talk while I was over here trying to decide who I'm going to go with. <laughs> so what I'm going to do here is actually, I'm going to do something a little bit different, something I normally don't do because of the talent. And in a one quarterback league, I don't do this, but I'm going to go with Kyler Murray. Oh, I thought you were going Daniel Jones. No, no, I'm not, I'm not the Giants. All right, gentlemen. <laughs> no, I'm going to go with Kyler Murray. Um, he's in a great spot. He was the 101. He, and he doesn't have to compete with Rosen. Not no, only that, like, gone. the one thing that I'm hearing in, in of the Haskins Schuster's, not saying that anything is wrong with Haskins. He had 50 touchdowns. You can't say anything about that. Yep. But Kyler Murray had 42 passing touchdowns. 
That's not that yeah. far behind. Right. And he had um, 12 rushing touchdowns with a thousand yards. That's fantasy production. Yep. Oh, and yeah. one guy that I cannot stop but thinking of who he reminds me of because he's going to be in the same situation is a guy like Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Having to break tackles, run around, scramble for big plays, or run for big plays. Yep. And that's what I see yeah. from Kyler yeah. Murray. So at 107, that's I'm going with Kyler Murray. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. The offensive line situation for Seattle was never that great, but somehow they found a way to uh, pound the rock and run the football. But, you know, most recently you've seen Russell, uh, Russell Wilson scrambling around, slinging it, and he's super accurate. He's got a good, strong arm, and that's a lot of what Kyler Murray has. And, and to touch on the, the rushing floor you talked about, even if he's not going to throw three touchdowns a week like your Matt Ryan's of the world, he's in your typical four-point uh, passing touchdown league. He's only got to run for forty yards to make up a touchdown. Like I, yeah. I think that's something he can do. Yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. And uh, I, I'm not going to compare the two, but like Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson were also in a very similar. The poor offensive lines. Yes, I am. They're just more offense. mobile quarterbacks. Yeah. So just, you know, everyone says, you know, hey, he's going to a bad offensive line, you know, like he's not going to produce well. Well, look at Russell Wilson. Look at Sean Watson. Like they're able to turn it around with their athleticism. Yeah. And unlike, you know, the New York Giants, I know I joked about Daniel Jones, but without an offensive line, he is athletic, but he's not he's not running a four three forty like Kyler Murray does. So to your point, Ben, a lot of those mobile athletic quarterbacks are able to make up for the lack of uh, pass protection because they can move around a little bit, move the pocket, beat a defender, and then make a throw. Right, right. Yeah. All right, at 108, Big Ben. All right, so funny you mentioned uh, Russell Wilson because as soon as you said that, I made up my mind who I was going to pick. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) So one thing Russell Wilson does really, really well is throw the ball deep and accurate. And there's a wideout in this draft class that does one thing pretty freaking well, and that's run deep and run fast. (laughs) And that name is DK Metcalf. Nice, DK. So I just think with that pairing of Russell Wilson and him, it's just good things are going to come from it. It might not happen year one, but it's going to happen. And as I say that, like Doug Baldwin is contemplating retiring. Yeah, well, they just cut him, actually. He's off yeah, the they roster. cut him, and I, I believe he retired. I saw something in the news where he said his end has – his watch has ended. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I saw, yeah, I saw it. Yeah, yes. yeah, I saw him tweet that. <laughs> so, yeah, like the road to now being, you know, the X or the alpha or the wide receiver one is wide open. Yeah, for sure. You can and, talk about those big-bodied wide receivers. He's, what, 6'4", 230? Yeah, and like Hercules – Built. Yeah, everybody's seen the, the the workout pictures. He's a he's a tank, man. Yes, I mean again, running what he ran what a sub four three. Yeah, uh, he ran in the four threes. Yeah. 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 All right, just him going deep. Russell Wilson scrambling around, finding him, throwing it deep. DK Metcalf winning that ball. Yeah. Eight out of ten times, I'll take that. You look at the the efficiency of Tyler Lockett last year, and that's what he did really well. Uh, he had a a, a, a normally high touchdown rate last year, but that was what his game was last year. He's a smaller guy who goes deep yep. and catches bombs from uh, Russell Wilson. Now you throw on 
I believe Lockett's five foot ten. So he's throwing what six inches and probably fifty plus pounds. Uh, you're throwing it up to that guy instead of Tyler Lockett. I feel like he might win a couple more of those jump balls and those touchdown. Yeah, and also, like red zone threats, who they got through the air? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, and you know everyone's saying that. It's going to be Lockett or anything, but what other wide receivers do they have besides Lockett? Right, and they're all young. I mean, they drafted Gary Jennings. They signed uh, John Rasua from Hawaii, a slot wide receiver. But now you're right, man. Uh, what does it become? Yeah, David Moore is uh, going to his third year, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, DK is not going to be a PPR guy for sure. Yeah. He's nope. going to be standard big play guy. Yeah, and I think that's yeah. – we're talking about roster construction. I think that's a nice – uh, piece to have in your flex. So if you take him at the 108 and slot him in at a flex spot, he could win you a week by himself. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think he's going to hurt you enough to to lose you a week if he's if he's like your flex one or flex two type player. So, no, I agree. He's he's a flex type of player. If you have your roster construction where it's built to be consistent, because that's kind of how I like to play. I like consistency. You do need variance, and at a flex play, like you said, for big play, that's that's going to be a good player to put, put to slot in there. Yep, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Next up. I'm up at 109. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's time for my Detroit Lions fanboy to come out. I'm going to take the best player, offensive player in this draft, TJ Hawkinson, <laughs> not overall. Uh, I mean, what does that to say about TJ Hawkinson? He's the third tight end since 2006 to be taken in the top 10, uh, which is kind of crazy. There's some questions about his, his athleticism, but the dude ran a 4.7040 at 6'5", 251 pounds, and jumped 38 inches at the combine in the vertical, which is stupid. He's a redshirt sophomore, so he's super young, and he uh, led the Iowa Hawkeyes tight end room, which had another first-round tight end in Noah Fant. He led that room in receiving with 760 yards and six touchdowns. Everybody wants to make those connections, you know, New England to Detroit, Matt Patricia, Bill Belichick. Well, now it's time for the Rob Gronkowski to TJ Hawkinson comparison. I'm not saying he's the next TJ – I'm not saying Gronk and TJ Hawkinson the same player, but TJ Hawkinson is a very well-rounded tight end who's going to help the Detroit Lions establish the run, which means he's going to be on the field more for a bunch of snaps. And we're taking a look at Daryl Bevel's offensive scheme. He was the OC in Seattle when Jimmy Graham was tearing the league apart. And I – I got some more stats, which I can share at a later time, but there's a lot of open targets available for TJ Hawkinson to come in and be a top tight end this year and for a long time after that. No, I agree, because people keep asking, who's your number one tight end? Is it Fant or Hawkinson? And I'm saying Hawkinson, like you said, he's going to stay on the field because he can block. Look at Kittle. Look at Gronk. Yep. What yep. could they do? They could block. It keeps them on the field. Yep, yep. I- I saw a stat, I think it was uh, the year that Gronk scored 16 touchdowns. The, the year's escaping me. But he was actually a top 10 rated run blocking tackle per PFF in the year that he scored 16 touchdowns. So when you're able to do something like that, the Gronkowski that is, you can elevate that whole offense and that whole team. And so that, like you're saying, it keeps you on the field, gives you more opportunity. Yeah. And uh, like the common misconception with a lot of it is that like, Matt Stafford doesn't use tight ends. Right. Uh, Do you guys check I out know my, on the tangent about it, but yeah, you uh, <laughs> check out my pin tweet on my, my, on my Twitter at FF big cat. I go into this whole breakdown and stuff. Matthew Stafford uses tight ends when he has tight ends that are capable when they're better than Levine. Hey, good, good plug, by the way, good plug. <laughs> 
So, all right, so I take the best player in the draft at 109. Louie, who you got at 110? All right, so I'm going to go based off situation. I'm going with the man out of Georgia, Mecole Hardman. Nice. Now, everybody, Mecole Hardman is not going to be Tyreek Hill. Don't put that pressure on him. (laughs) He's young. He can be. He has the potential because he has that speed. He he was, what, top five wide receiver in the 40-yard combine? I believe so. Yeah. I have it right here. Yeah, 4.33. DK Metcalf, 4.33. He has the ability because he's going to pair well with who? I think it's the guy with the strongest arm in the NFL. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, he has the ability. This is the, and they picked him to replace Tyreek Hill. So he has the chance. One thing that with wide receivers, a lot of times they do not translate in year one. But Mahomes is young. He's young. There's that chance to develop the chemistry. Yeah. And so they, this definitely. this is a pure pick based off of situation. Well, and I think speak to the situation. The Chiefs actually moved up to take him yeah. as well. Yeah. So you yeah. Know, they they have a type, and they they're in their they're in the window right now. Obviously, they got Patrick Mahomes on his rookie deal. They're trying to surround him with as much weapons as they can, and, and, and go out and shoot people. And so to move up speaks volumes about what they think of Michael Hartman. Definitely. And like you said, Louie, like not a lot of people come into the league and as a wide receiver, as a rookie and blow it up. So like I would tamper your expectations for year one, but year two, if, you know, Tyreek Hill is gone from the NFL and or the Chiefs, like, you could definitely see him take a step forward and hit that top 15 wide receiver level. Yeah. yeah M- Miko Hartman is one person that if he does have an off year one, I'm going to be looking to buy him all next year. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, Price is going to be so low. Oh yeah, because he's he's not Tyreek Hill. That's that's what he's being compared to. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. Like you're saying, he's a first round draft pick right now, so you got to pay up to get him. Um, but like like if he takes his time or or whatever, it's just a little slower. You might be able to buy him for that 2022, and if you can get Tyreek Hill type production for the 2022, you're winning the draft, man. Yeah, just yeah. like I'm winning this draft so far. Go ahead. That was my last pick. <laughs> <laughs> Who's up so, with the 111? Yeah, so I'm up right now. So I'm looking at the board. And typically how if I'm in the back end of the draft, uh, I'm going to go for value. I'm going to go for, you know, the best player available. And that right now is A.J. Brown. I like uh, it. He is, you know, arguably one of the best wide receivers in this class. And it's just kind of unfortunate he went to the Tennessee Titans, who is a – uh, more of a run first team and Mariota ain't that great of a quarterback. Uh, but I, what I think I'm hoping and many other people are hoping is that in 2020 they draft a quarterback and that's just going to boost AJ Brown's uh, stock way up. Yeah. So, I, and, and he played on the same team as DK Metcalf and granted DK Metcalf had injuries. But and he still posted 85 catches for 1,300 yards and six touchdowns. Yeah, that's a lot of production. Uh, like, and was very correct, very good. Correct me if I'm wrong. He was a San, a San Diego Padres draft pick, right? And yes. Baseball. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, so you're, what you're saying is that he can be a quarterback for the team. 
and whatever they need, he's got it. <laughs> yeah. I think one of the one of the thoughts you can have on that Tennessee Titans situation is it's either Mar- it's a make or break year for Marietta. So either he's gonna yep. he's gonna play well and he's good enough and that's gonna boost a guy like AJ Brown, or like you're saying, Ben, he's not. And unfortunately, the injuries and all that stuff uh, to his throwing hand that stuff takes over and he's out the door and now you have a new quarterback in 2020. So I think either way, especially at this point in the draft, getting AJ Brown, there's a lot of people's near the top of the wide receiver board before the draft. Yeah. Like he was arguably one, two. Yeah. Yeah. It's great value. So this is what I'm thinking just because of what you guys said that the hope is that the next year they draft a quarterback, the Titans draft a quarterback, right? Yep. yep. So this is going to be a guy that once Super Bowl ends, because Dynasty, you can trade all year long. Yep. yep. You're trying to get him at the lowest draft capital possible, right? Yep. And that's that's the yeah. risk you take, though, because if Mariota hits, you're not getting him. And, that, and this would be the lowest point you could get him, right? At the late first. But what are the chances of Mariota hitting? I'm not sure. I don't have that answer. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right, Nate. All right. Let's wrap last, up the first round here. But last. Yeah. Uh, so we talked about it a little before uh, with the Miles Sanders pick, and I, I, I tell you guys, I'm a Detroit Lions fan. I'm not a Philadelphia Eagles fan, but I'll take my second Philadelphia Eagle um, here, and I'll take JJ Arcega Whiteside. Uh, he's a big so closet big, fan. Uh, a closet Eagles fan. He's a big, big. <laughs> Just like Ben's a 49er fan. Yeah, exactly. We got to get yeah. your team. Blue. We got to yeah. get you a second team. <laughs> uh, so they picked him with the 25th pick in the second round, which is a lot of draft capital. Uh, especially considering they have Alshon Jeffrey, they have Deshaun Jackson, they have Nelson Aguilar, they have Zach Ertz, they have Dallas Goddard, they have all this talent, yet they decided to spend a second-round pick on a wide receiver. Uh, there was cons- there were some concerns about his speed. Uh, he did not run at the combine, but he posted a 4-4-9 at his pro day, which blew everybody away. I mean, if you guys have seen any tape of J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, he's literally playing basketball in the red zone. He, he's just boxing dudes out, and, and uh, that led to – 63 catches for 1,059 yards and 14 touchdowns last season for the Stanford. the paint. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and he did. And I'm excited to see if that's something he can do uh, sooner rather than later. But this is, again, is another guy where I may be waiting um, to next offseason when he's, you know, sitting behind potentially three, three wide receivers and I can go, like I'm saying, pay a 2022 and grab him for incredible value. No, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I do like JJ. I mean, he's he like you said, they spent to get him. And I think, I mean, they have the ability to do that. They have a good defense. They have a good offensive line. When he's healthy and, you know, their Super Bowl quarterback is not um, – is well, he's gone now. <laughs> <laughs> but with Wentz, he is healthy. And that, that was for uh, – because I know somebody's going to be looking at who's the Eagle fans. Um <laughs> But when Wentz is healthy, he has MVP-like ability. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you, they have the ability to go after the wide receiver, to go after the running back. Yep. And their first pick was a left tackle? Uh, yeah. Right? Andre. Uh, yeah, but so, Andre so they're, they're still improving where it needs to be improved, so why not? Right. Yep. Right. Yeah. Love it. So I think I won that exercise if I had to guess. But no, I think I think this is something I put on Twitter because I, I really think I won it. <laughs> I guess we'll have to put it to a poll. That's so. That's um, cool. 
so real quick, we're going to get into our next segment, but I want to take a moment to tell our listeners about a fully customizable podcast service offered right on creatorank.com. Brought to you by the guys at CPMC. This service offers a fully customizable podcast for your fantasy football league. They will evaluate rosters, give power rankings, do mock drafts, give out draft grades, suggest trades, preview playoffs, and anything else your league needs. Find them on Twitter at CPMC Podcast and creatorrank.com forward slash product forward slash CPMC, which is actually a great service. I actually listened to them going over a league. And guys, if you want them to do it, get yourself a fancy name. They love it. Yeah, that's, that's something uh, <laughs> as a commissioner for one of my leagues, we ended up asking those guys to do a league for us. We, uh, we really enjoyed it, and it uh, kind of sparked a little bit of a fire in, in, in the, the whole league, so a little bit more active. It was pretty cool. No, and you know, that's, yeah, that's actually a good did. point because if you can do something like that for your league, it really does drive that competitive spirit with everybody. Yep. Yeah, it's awesome because it's – their power ranks, right? Nothing matters but the title. But if I can say, hey, I'm power rank number one, it's, <laughs> it's a good, good and belt. You have somebody have. validating you? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So. Or it could be a wake up call and thinking, hey, your team's really good. And they put you down, you know, in the bottom half. Wake up call to, you know, all right, hey, I get to trade and I get to, you know, looking at the waiver wires. And if your draft's coming up, I really got to study for this draft. Yeah. So I think it's good all around. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Like those guys. Uh, the next segment we want to get into is because we are a dynasty podcast, we want to go ahead and let you guys know what we have on the horizon or not what we have, but what the NFL and college have for you in the horizon prospect of the week Yeah, for prospect of the week. Um, if you're new to the dynasty game, you're probably hearing uh, rumblings about the 2020 class and how great it's going to be. The 2020 class is truly going to be one of the most historic draft classes that, that we've seen in recent years. It's going to be up there with 2014. And that draft class, uh, which saw names like Odell Beckham, Mike Evans, those guys, very powerful class. And this class is not only deep at running back, it's deep at wide receiver. And for y'all who play super flex, it's deep at quarterback. The tight ends are still yet to be seen a little bit. It's not nearly as good as 19, but across the board, quarterback, running back, and wide receiver, 2020 is a dominant class. And we just want to extend some of these names out to you guys so you can start thinking about what's the value of my 2021st? What am I going to get if I trade that? Who can I expect to draft in the second round and stuff like that? And so for this week, the prospect of the week is going to be Georgia running back DeAndre Swift. Uh, DeAndre Swift was the third running back with Sony Michelle and uh, Nick Chubb when they went to the national championship. And he was still getting work from those guys. And one's a first round pick. The other was a very high second round pick. Both are studs in the NFL today. Uh, last season, I'm sorry, in his college career, he's got 244 uh, carries for 1,667 yards for almost seven yards a carry and 13 rushing, rushing touchdowns. Catches the ball extremely well, 49 grabs for 450 yards and four receiving touchdowns. I was talking to Ben about this yesterday. We tried to slot this out and mock out, hey, what's my top 10? What's my top 20, the 2020 class? And try to compare that to what the NFL teams need and where they're sitting and we really think DeAndre Swift could be that first-round pick running back that we've seen, uh, you know, with your Zeke Elliott, your Christian McCaffrey, and maybe not in the top 10 type pick, but it would not surprise us to see him go in the top 20. And if he falls into the second round, it'll be a steal for some team. He oh, possesses a lot of talent and 
But honestly, there's some good fits all across the NFL for a running back like DeAndre Swift. You look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They invested a pick in Ronald Jones. But, uh, I mean, you can have your opinion on Ronald Jones. I have mine. I don't think he's that uh, special. Kansas City Chiefs. So this year would be very telling for Ronald Jones. Yeah, and so and he could be a stud for all I know. I, my bet's that he's not going to be, but that offense with Bruce Arians, he could get DeAndre Swift. You could have another David Johnson type uh, running back in the Tampa Bay. Kansas yeah, that's, that's a good point, the David Johnson comparison. Yeah, no, I, I really like I really like Tampa Bay as a running back landing spot. Kansas City, yeah, they got Damian Williams. They extended him. They didn't pay him that much money. They didn't draft him or draft a many replacements at running back. They got Darwin Thompson, they got James Williams, some of these late round guys. But I mean, you look at what an effective Kareem Hunt did uh, before his incident. He, he, I mean, he led the, the NFL in rushing yards, if I remember correctly, right? Uh, last season, two seasons ago now. He, very, very, very good player. Caught the ball extremely well, which is something DeAndre Swift does. That would just be another piece. And as Kansas City showed, they're trying to bulk up that offense and let them play ball. And that would be a phenomenal uh, piece for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. If he goes to Kansas City, you're going to have to pony up for a 2021 who has the one-on-one. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. It's hands down. Yeah. The last two teams, um, before, I, before I talk to you guys' ears off, Houston Texans, um, Lamar Miller's getting up there in age. I kind of like Deonta Foreman, but coming back from an Achilles injury is, is pretty hard to do as a running back in the NFL. I know they went out and signed guys like Karan Higdon and, uh, gosh, what's it, Demarie Crockett? Am I saying that right, Ben? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, from Missouri. Yeah, and so not really a lot of draft capital, but if they can get a DeAndre Swift to pair with Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins and Cahill Waring at tight end, you know, now you've got this explosive offense. And the last thing I'll throw out there, it's kind of a sleeper, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I love me some Devonta Freeman. He is uh, a quality running back and just coming off uh, an injury last season, the, the hernia surgery that kept him out. A good running back in that offense is going to explode. And DeMonta Freeman will be 28 going into next year. And if the Falcons are sitting at the end of the first round, like I kind of expect them to be picking in the 20s to 32 range, that could be a realistic pick for them because they seem to have addressed the offensive line this offseason, which was a big deal for them. They addressed it via the draft. You go ahead and get DeAndre Swift, throw him in there with Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and all these guys. It's, it could be something pretty crazy in the, in the NFC South there. Yeah, definitely. And as we all know, Atlanta loves to use two running backs. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I, I like those. Maybe Kansas City, just because I feel like with um, the coach that they have there, he can really make a running back out of anybody. True. Look yeah. at Damian Williams. Um, but Tampa Bay, I don't I do not believe in Ronald Jones. Uh, Houston Texans, who will they have next year? Lamar Miller's turning into the Frank Gore of running backs. But, <laughs> I mean, he is. So we don't talk about it that much, but yeah, he's basically Frank Court 2.0. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he just and and he produces. He produces quietly. Yep. Yeah. And then I mean, Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcon take. I really do like that because, I mean, even if they were to if they were to get him and Devontae Freeman is there and he is a number one, a lot of everybody's drafting Daryl Henderson high. Yep. Because nobody trusts Todd Gurley right now. Correct. Yep. No, I I agree with that. That's the unique thing about our podcast is we want you to look at the future. And I know for me, this does help me because for me, I have another podcast where we focus on redraft. And this one, I mean, like I said, I love Dynasty, but I don't start focusing on rookie players until the NFL season is over. So I think and I think most of everybody is like that. 
right? Yeah, I'd say if you don't play Dynasty, you're not super worried about uh, anybody but your team, uh, what rookies you're taking where, what pick, and all that stuff. So uh, that's just something we're trying to provide and a little look forward so you know with that draft capital, what you have in your pocket, what you can turn that into and what you're potentially giving up. Right, exactly. So that's why, I mean, listen to the podcast, guys. We're going to prepare you. Nate and Ben are bringing the hot takes, not hot takes, but, you know, <laughs> your, your, the future information for what you guys need to know. So when you guys are trying to make that trade and throw in that pick, throw in that first rounder, you guys know what you're getting. Right, right. And that's something we want to address, too, is in Dynasty, the strategy is a little bit different than redraft. So draft capital is, is essentially money. So whenever you're making a trade, Always, always, always try to get a later pick somewhere, whether that's, you know, a 2021 third round pick, whether that's a 20, uh, 2022 third round pick, whatever. Just try to grab these picks as you can, because as that time gets closer and closer to the draft, that value grows and grows and grows. And you can use that as ammo to go up and get somebody like DeAndre Swift if you needed to. If you had an extra third, you could throw that in there if you needed to move up two or three picks or whatever it took. So No, definitely. To me, I like to think of trading in dynasties as stock. So going into that, we do have a Twitter roster. Well, we have an, an, an analysis to go over with you guys that was sent to us through Twitter. Go ahead, guys. Yeah, so I'm looking at uh, my guy, Travis Robinson, on Twitter. Uh, we went ahead and chose him. Uh, we're not just going to take a look at his team and his league, just a brief overview of what he's got and try to give him some trade advice for what he could potentially do down the road to make his team better. So uh, Ben and I took a look at his roster, and we have to decide, is he a contender or pretender, or is he in full rebuild? And Ben and I think he's in the contender spot, and you guys let us know what you think. But it's a super flex half-point PPR. They have IDP players, but we're just going to focus on the offense today. So at quarterback, he's starting Lamar Jackson. At running back, he's starting Sony Michelle and Le'Veon Bell. Wide receiver, he's starting Brandon Cooks and DeAndre Hopkins. At tight end, he's starting Hunter Henry. He's got three flex spots. So he's starting Golden Tate, DJ Moore, and Deonta Foreman. And his super flex is Baker Mayfield. His uh, notable depth pieces, he's got Sam Darnold, Naheem Hines, Darwin Thompson, Damian Harris, Justice Hill, Sterling Shepard, and Albert Wilson as key pieces to that that roster. So we went through uh, the entirety of the league, Ben and I did, and we uh, found two trades that we think he could look at. And Ben, why don't you go ahead and break down what you think uh, his needs would be. All right. So for the first thing we're looking at would be, uh, uh, I'm sorry if I butcher this, but Teletubby 66. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, you said it right. Teletubby. <laughs> and uh, a trade that we would say for – our guy to get to him would be trade Brandon Cooks for carry on Johnson in a 2022 only because uh, Teletubby's team is very weak at wide receivers and getting carry on Johnson back to help solidify your running back depth. Cause after Naheem Hines, it's basically you have backups everywhere with justice Hill, Davian Harris. So just getting another starter. Uh, to help your depth just in case of, you know, Lev Bell doesn't turn out to what we all think he's going to be or he gets hurt or albeit he goes and parties and says NFL is not for me anymore. Yeah, he's a rapper. Um, yeah, that. So you could do that uh, to fix your running back spot and the 2022 to get, you know, draft capital, as we talked about in our last second segment. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think your running backs are bad at all, man. I think 
there are concerns with Sonny Michelle and his knee. There are concerns with Le'Veon Bell and, and his workload and being able to take that on. There are concerns about Deonta Foreman and then uh, Naeem Hines and Darwin Thompson, Darius, uh, Darius uh, excuse me, Damian Harris, Justice Hill. Um, there's question marks for those guys. So go grab you a pretty good running back and carry on Johnson. And being half point PPR, yeah, it does kind of suck to give up Brandon Cooks. But being half point, you're able to uh, lean a little bit more towards the running backs as opposed to that full point where Brandon Cooks would probably would probably be uh, the pick. Uh, the second the second trade we had for you, it is super flex. We were looking through your league and found a team, uh, Cuzzy88, who's kind of weak at quarterback. And you got three pretty good ones, man, pretty young quarterbacks with Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, and Sam Darnold. And I know a, a good super flex strategy is to move and hang on to three quarterbacks, three good quarterbacks. But I think in this case, man, you could afford to trade Lamar Jackson and Sterling Shepard to Cuzzy88 for Tevin Coleman, Cooper Cup, and a 2022. I know that may ruffle some feathers, but if you can still have two solid young quarterbacks and upgrade your running back position with Tevin Coleman, who's coming back reuniting with Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco, you can get Cooper Cup, who through the first half of the year before he had an injury was – leading one of the strongest offenses in the NFL. And like we said, you pick up that 2022, get that draft capital. You can spend that 2021st on one of these historic quarterbacks for coming out. And then you can go spend whatever you want with your two 2022s. You can move those and package up. Um, I think that, I think that's a solid move for you too, man. Uh, and I don't know if you said this now, but just like the Cuddy's 88 team, like he has Matt Ryan and then Andy Dalton as his quarterback. So just, yeah, yeah. Like, the need for a quarterback for him should be able to tip all that in your favor. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, so let me job. ask you guys, because I, I didn't get to go through the teams, um, but I was overhearing. What about – what would you guys think? Because, I mean, he does have high draft capital. What about trading someone like Le'Veon Bell? Yeah, and that's possible, too. Um, if you can find an owner in your league that wants Le'Veon Bell, my personal suggestion is to get away from Le'Veon Bell at this point. Um, I could be wrong, but we're playing fantasy football, and it's all projections anyway. I would be trying to move Le'Veon Bell if I could. And if I'm you, I would try to get draft capital for that. And then the other one was he had Lamar Jackson and Baker who was the other quarterback? Baker Mayfield and then Sam Darnold, uh-huh. right? So what I mean he what happens if he would look at trading Baker Mayfield because he has high capital for a quarterback maybe like Winston and then some. You can still get similar production and Another piece on top of it, which is kind of what we're suggesting with this Lamar Jackson trade, um, do that if you can get similar production back. So, all right, no, that's that's good advice, though, guys. Yeah, overall, good job, man. Loved your lineup, Travis. Yeah, shout out to you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, that's pretty much the end of the show. Anything else that we have? Uh, I just want to give a quick plug to uh, one of my favorite uh, Twitter follows, uh, Dynasty. FF underscore Kyle. He's always putting out great content with great video feeds uh, and threads and information. Uh, he just broke a thousand followers on Twitter. I want to say yesterday. So May 17th man is uh, ascending to the top. So go ahead and give him a follow uh, for great content. I don't think I follow him. I'm going to have to give him a follow. That, that's for sure. Yeah. Great work. I'm just mad. I'm just kind of mad. I won't be the thousand follower. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's the end of our show. Guys, we do have a redraft podcast from Creator Rank coming out soon, so watch out for that. Follow Creator Rank on Twitter. 
I'm on Twitter as well, One King FFB. Ben? I'm at Twitter at Ben Drez with a Z, FF. And I'm at uh, FF Big Cat on Twitter. All right, guys, that's all we have for you. Please follow the show, comment on the show. It helps us out a lot. And don't forget to follow us. And do not forget to follow us on Twitter and send us your lineup so that we, you, your lineup and your league can be on the show. Have a great day, guys. <laughs>